You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast on NFL Draft Week. We are glad to have you here alongside Mike Chappell, Joe Hopkins. I'm Dave Griffiths. A lot to talk about today. And of course, we have delivered so much already. So we do thank you for downloading, subscribing to us. Uh, for all of the draft content that we have produced, going over individual positions, going over everything the Colts have said up until now, which has been quite hefty. And uh, today we'll get into uh, some more uh, details of what Chris Ballard spoke in front of the media on Friday. Uh, so we, we've got some more from that this week. Uh, we'll make our predictions. What do we think is going to go down in this draft? Maybe an 11th hour rise to the top of the draft board, perhaps. Perhaps. You got to follow Reddit, uh, guys. You, you got to do it. But first, Mike, are you on Reddit? No. <laughs> what, what is Reddit? You, you, you shouldn't be. It's okay. You, yeah, you, it's don't, right. you don't need to be there. Uh, we will start with the news. Uh, and the biggest news around the NFL this week is that Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets. It is a trade. Who knew? Uh, exactly. Uh, well, they finally agreed on compensation is what it came down to. And uh, the Jets get Rodgers plus the 15th overall pick in this week's draft and the fifth-round pick uh, of the Packers in 2023 this year. The Packers get the 13th overall pick, so it's a first-round pick swap there. Uh, they get the 42, 42nd overall pick, a second-rounder, and then they get a sixth-round pick this year, plus a second-round pick next year that can become a first-rounder if Rodgers hits 65% of snaps played this year. So that's a, that's a big mouthful there. Essentially, it can be... A, uh, a pick swap this year and get a second round pick and maybe a th- first round pick next year uh, for the uh, for the for having Aaron Rodgers uh, chap. Uh, this was you, you already alluded to it. Who knew that uh, that this was coming? But um, it, it is it is quite the haul for a quarterback who is 38 years old, who's going into the conference that that has uh, quite a bit of uh the, the better quarterback play, certainly, already. But uh, the Jets knew that if they wanted to compete uh, with uh, what they have this year, they performed better last year than a lot of people expected. If they wanted to compete with the best teams in the AFC, they needed a quarterback. They went out, and Rodgers was their man. He will be a- add yet another good quarterback here in the AFC that, that will have to uh, compete in the playoffs or for and the playoffs. And that's why the price, for the most part, doesn't matter. If you think he's going to give you, you know, that – chance to win a championship which he does then th- there has to be a point obviously where you won't give up stuff but this is sort of reasonable the only thing I was surprised at is there's nothing tied to whether he plays another year there was a lot of talk that they would they would want maybe that future first round pick to hinge on him playing two years that wasn't the case and we've seen if you believe that guy can do it Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, you do it. And and the Jets are probably more well-positioned for life after Rodgers than the Rams or Bucks were for life after their old quarterbacks. So you go and do it. And, you know, kudos to them, and we'll see if it works out. Joe, uh, your instant reaction to, to Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets? Um, I thought the Packers got more than I thought they would because my understanding was the Jets was really a one-man uh, uh, auction there for, for Rodgers, and there wasn't a lot of competition. So I, I didn't think that 
probably first round pick next year was going to be included. Um, so, so good for the Packers for getting a pretty hefty hole for a quarterback who almost retired this past, you know, a few months ago, and they would have gotten none of this and just been uh, uh, stuck with no extra picks and Jordan Love. Uh, second of all, feels really familiar as a Colts fan, doesn't it? I would just caution the Jets fans out there. We've seen the successes with uh, uh, Brady and Stafford, as you allude to, mm-hmm. and Rodgers is certainly better than Phillip Rivers or Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan. But um, there's also the, you know, Russell Wilson examples out there and, and several Colts examples. So I'm kind of hesitant to go ahead and say the Jets are a contender. We've seen Aaron Rodgers and very good Packer teams in the past kind of flounder and flame out once they get to the playoffs. So we'll see how far uh, he gets New York, but it certainly makes for a very interesting division, the AFC East, and I can't wait to see what happens. Are they third in the division still? Second, maybe behind Buffalo. Buffalo, the Jets, Buffalo's and Miami. Still Miami, yeah, I think. Where do you put Miami? One, but geez, Miami and Tua. New York's pretty neck and neck. Pretty close. I guess uh, it depends on if Tua can still help, stay healthy. Right, right. But 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 that's the point. We and we'll get into it. But like you talked about. That's why it's so important for the Colts to get their guy t- tomorrow because look at – I mean, you, you can list 10 guys, 10 quarterbacks in the AFC that you think, you know, five or six of them are elite. Mm-hmm. And the others, you know, the others I mentioned are the Deshaun Watsons and people like that that you really don't know yet. But kind of get your guy. Yeah, I saw someone on Twitter list a just rankings of AFC quarterbacks and and rankings of NFC quarterbacks that are two different graphics and like the AFC went, you know, 9 10 deep that guys that you think could do damage in the playoffs. The NFC's went like two or three deep and then all of a sudden at three or four Kirk Cousins was there and you're like, eh, "Well, you're 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 immediately getting into Kirk Cousins territory." Yeah. You know? And uh, I, I think the Colts would have loved to have Kirk Cousins the last couple of years and what he was able to produce. But uh, if you're talking about playoffs and doing doing damage in the playoffs, it's just it's just AFC heavy, complete AFC heavy. And they're going to get maybe one with Houston if they decide to pick one at two. They're going to get maybe one with the Colts uh, if they decide to pick one at four. So so that you, you've got you've got as as Chap said, you got to have somebody there to to be able to compete with those big boys. And I, I also saw someone tweeted out it might have been. Fox Sports that now, after this trade, Dak Prescott is the longest tenured quarterback in the NFL. About that, uh, which just kind of blows my mind. Long gone mm-hmm. are the days of the, you know, uh, Tom Brady, Burgers, Eli Manning, yeah. and Brady. That, and that, the, that was an era. It really was that Rivers. era of, of of those guys. And was it, wasn't Peyton kind of the first to wear? Because I, I remember he signed his extension in yeah, training camp of eleven. I think that's fair. And he said, I would look forward to being a cult for life. Yeah. And it lasted not for life. No, it did not. No, it did not. So um, th- this is this is the new era right now. Like that 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 era is gone. We, we've started a new one with, with young quarterbacks, the Burroughs, the, the Mahomeses, uh, the Allens. Like this is this is definitely a, a new time to talk about like a, about football. And to, we, we try to box things in and, and talk about grand things like the, the Manning-Brady era, you know. Th- this is another one right now, is guess what I'm saying. And I think I think that point's valid, and I also think part of it is a philosophy change with teams where teams are much more willing to move on from s- solid to good quarterbacks because they uh, have this idea that the, if you don't have an elite guy, 
it's almost not worth keeping around that you got to keep searching for that guy who can get you over the hump because it's so hard to build up an almost perfectly roster Mm -hmm. around just an okay quarterbacking and make it to the Super Bowl and win that Super Bowl. Well, all that discussion about quarterback leads us right into the NFL draft because the Colts pick fourth overall. Uh, There are widely considered to be four or five quarterbacks that will go in the first round of this year's draft. Um, Most of them, all of them, have something you can pick at, something you can hem and haw at, but all of them also have a reason that they are projected to go in the first round because they have a lot of potential. They have a lot of guys who are, uh, who are intri- a lot of guys, when I even say guys, I mean scouts across the league who are intrigued by what they can do in the league. And for all of them, uh, it, it, will, it will depend on the coaching they get. It'll depend on the place they go. It'll depend on the, the, the threats at receiver, whatever chap that they have, because uh, history tells us that, that even if there are five guys projected to go in the first round, only one or two of them will pan out. And two of them won't. Yeah, I mean, almost flat, guaranteed. Flat won't. That's what history tells you. And that's why you just have to uh, trust what you do. We'll get into it with... Yep. with Chris Ballard, but he said it's like when you're in college and you're getting ready for a test. If you if you really prepare for the test, you're okay. And when you don't, you're sweating bullets and you know, I've probably, I've been there before both ways. But you you trust all your evaluations, you trust what you've done and you're not throwing a dart, you're not. But you still realize that all the work you've done, it might not work out for whatever reason. In time and place, Two years ago, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. What a nightmare because of Urban Meyer and what they had around him. A year later, you bring in Doug Peterson. You've improved. He's got all the young players. Perfect spot. So time and place is so important. The Colts have nine picks as of right now in the NFL draft that begins Thursday at 8 p.m. If you're in central Indiana, be sure to join us on Fox 59 at 730 p.m. Thursday night for our Blue Zone pre-draft special. Also, be sure to log on fox59.com and cbs4indy.com for our live blog and instant reaction that we'll be running there. But anyway, draft begins Thursday 8. Rounds 2 and 3 will be Friday, beginning at 7, and then rounds 4 through 7 or Saturday, uh, beginning at noon. The Colts will not have to wait too long before they get that first pick, fourth overall in round 1. Uh, They have their own pick in round two as well. It's the fourth pick or the third pick in the second round, 35th overall. Uh, It is the fourth pick because there's only 31 picks in the first round. Isn't that right? Yes, because somebody lost their Miami lost their first round pick this year. That's right. Tampering. Mm -hmm. There are rules. Can't do it. They have a third round pick at 79th overall, one fourth round pick, 106th overall, two in the fifth round, three in the fifth round, rather, excuse me, and two in the seventh round. So nine total picks right there. Uh, all but guaranteed, those will not be the places that they pick uh, on. You think Ballard trades? I think he'll trade around. I don't know if he trades for, um, but I think after that, all all bets are off, uh, so, so to speak, even though I would bet yes. I uh, bet they stay put at four? first day, second day. First day and second day, yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah. They traded around the second day yesterday. They traded back into the, the, the that round, right, to get uh, Nick Cross. Nick Cross. Yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um so Chap's saying saying they stay put second first, first, first day second, second day and then okay. third day he'll the itch will overcome him wheeling and dealing and he will be he'll probably ne- make none of these picks right he got three fifths I mean come on now that's right uh-huh. hey yeah. package three fifths and get a fourth 
Exactly. Why well, not? They do have needs, obviously. No question. Specific needs. So if there's one guy who's on your board, like Chris uh, mentioned it the other day, like when you're looking at the board, you see uh, at the time Darius Leonard and Braden Smith and no one else at those positions that you need. Chris said he went up to the board and was like, well, we got to take these guys. They're the last two up there. Exactly. They're, they're the only two. Here we go. So uh, so they take them, and, and the rest is history with those two. It turned out to be good picks. But uh, this year, obvious need is quarterback. Uh, the Colts need a guy that, to stop this quarterback carousel. It's going to be six or seven quarterbacks in six or seven years. I, it'll, I, be I six, it'll, it'll be six, be six regardless. Be okay. Six and six. And then maybe seventh. Maybe seven next year. Depends on who starts uh, game God, one could, this year. Could Minshew this year. And exactly. Then. then whoever next year. So uh, they, they, we're not putting it past them. Uh, cornerback, they traded or they let both their um, – they traded one away, one starting corner last year in, um, in Stephon Gilmore, and they let their other starting corner in Brandon Faison go. So they, they need uh, to get some more depth at least there, even if you like the guys who were your depth last year to step into bigger roles. At corner? At cornerback. N- name some guys you like from the depth standpoint last year. I, I was just saying, Isaiah <laughs> Rogers and uh, would probably be the only one. Dallas Flowers got some smoke at the end of the year, but not enough for, for anyone to say, yeah, you know, I like him going it, into the It's the, the weakest corner. position I can, re- I can think about. Mm-hmm. Over the past several years, at mm-hmm. this point of his season, you like Kenny Moore, but again, last year was not one of his best years. Uh, into a different scheme with uh, Gus Bradley, uh, so uh, so yes, cornerback another big need. After that, offensive line, a- another depth thing, Joe, because that was something that we've talked about here on the podcast. Is if you're looking for areas, cornerback was one of them, but offensive line was so depressing last year to watch, and they've done absolutely nothing to uh, to to counter that going into next year right now through free agency. Still baffles me. Mm-hmm. It's 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 almost like they don't learn from past mistakes. Uh, I could get, go on for a while about that and cornerback, about how they just haven't addressed glaring needs with anybody. But, you know, we're here to talk about the draft today and how they might address them with some picks. That's right. Wide receiver as well, another position that could be, uh, could be needy. After that, I wouldn't be surprised if they go linebacker because Okereke is gone. Um, if they find a guy that they like, they, they're going to fill that out again. Uh, I mean, you, you have the, your three guys that you like up top, but after that, it's uh, your linebackers right now. You have Grant Stewart, EJ, and you have Grant Stewart, you have uh, JoJo Doman. So, guys who were special teamers, guys last year, even if you like them to, to be more, like to, to take another step up, you know, into a role where they could kind of rotate in on defense, you need other guys who are going to be special teamers. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they take linebacker too. Um, and, and you don't know. About Shaq. No, exactly. And that's another reason. Yeah. So it would be nice to have somebody that that you know a little bit more about. Maybe running back if you want somebody to take over that Naheem Hines role. Um, Wide receiver, we already said. um, Unless you want Ashton Doolin and Mike Strawn as your fourth and fifth and just to stick with that. And be completely comfortable with that. I don't know. Um, So so there's a lot of of places that that you can piece guys in. One of their strongest depth-wise by numbers is tight end. Mm Mm-hmm. Very, I think. And, and Ballard said this is one of the best tight end groups yep. he's seen in recent memory. Yep. Would he throw you a curve? A and curve? Take I, a tight end at 35th overall yeah, there in the I, second I round? Ba- I go back to, uh, remember the Andrew Luck year in 2012? Remember the, the, the next three picks? Tight end, tight end, T.Y. Hilton. Yep. So. Kobe if, Fleener, Dwayne Allen, T.Y. All of them produced at least a little bit when and, they were here. And I went back and looked in the 98 season with Peyton Manning. It was Jerome Payton, E.J. Uh, Green, and then they traded up in round four to get Steve McKinney, who was a heck of a of a guard. So, 
we've talked about this. If you're if you're going to invest your future in a quarterback, which which they better, mm-hmm. you better make sure this guy is surrounded by competent quality people. Which brings us back to the Trevor Lawrence point that you made earlier. You need you need competent people around your star quarterback or your rookie quarterback or your second year quarterback. Or, or it doesn't fa- matter. Or he's going to fail. It doesn't matter. Go back to David Carr in two thousand two. <laughs> they beat do the we football. have to? They beat the football out of him. <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's not on David Carr. That's not on the quarterback. It's on the franchise. It's on the organization and the GM and the head coach. That's why I, I, I however they do this, and we'll disagree with stuff that Chris Ballard does because that's what we do. But I, I do trust that he and Shane Steichen know what they're doing. And I, I think they will do right by this quarterback. Well, when we go to the draft, uh, Chris Bauer will be the one who's in charge. He'll be the one that eventually uh, the buck stops with him. And uh, we spoke with him uh, last week on Friday. Uh, very first thing, chap, you asked him, uh, do you have any idea what's going to happen? Or do you have a good good plan about what's going to happen one through three? What did he tell you? Nope. Yep. No idea. And I believe him. Yep, I do too. Because uh, what he said later on is if you check 32 mock drafts, you're, you know, how many will agree? Not many. So there's so much, and that, this is, to me is directly a result of four or five quarterbacks being NFL caliber court prospects. Mm-hmm. When you have that, you're going to have people differ on how they line them up. And when you have that, you're going to have uncertainty at the top of the draft. When you have quarterback needy teams, which you have every year. Mm-hmm. So there are always rumors, Joe, that the Colts are targeting one player. And this year, the, the one that's cropped up uh, most has been Will Levis. Um, and, and it seems like for, from what I've seen, it's not it never comes from the Colts. It comes from my sources around the league. Tell me the Colts uh, are, are really like Will Levis. So uh, so so take that for for what you will. But uh, Ballard has also pointed out that they're, they're not locking in on one player because kind of on what what he told us uh, on Friday that. Uh, there, there's a lot of uncertainty as to what's going to hang around for one through three. So uh, the Colts are certainly going to be an interesting pick in this draft because there's a lot of uh, unknown, uh, both in terms of what's going to happen above them, what exactly people like about the Colts. But uh, there is not really one target right now. And you really can't target just one player when you're th- the only time you can target one player is when you're number one. And, uh, and after that, uh, you, you've got to do your due diligence on everybody. Yeah, exactly. And the Colts very well might like Will Levis, but they might like one of the other quarterbacks just as much, if not more. Right. Um, so they'll just have to see who falls to them. I don't know where all this smoke about the Colts to the Levis is coming from, or, or Levis to the Colts is coming from, but Ballard said it's not coming from him. Hmm. Uh, Chris uh, added, I just always love uh, to read the reports that the Colts love this guy, and they're dialed in on this guy. Who'd that come from? Didn't come from me. And he's right. I he's, believe him. Yeah, he's not, he's not telling anyone right now what, what what's going down in there. Um, on strong positions, he said it's a good offensive line draft, which is good. Tight end is as good as he's ever seen, like you said earlier, chap. Um, let's see, secondary, cornerback in particular, really good depth, which is good for them. Uh, defensive line, another area they could probably add uh, somebody if they really wanted to. Um, to, to compete defensive line or in the middle uh, on the defense uh, defensive uh, excuse me tackle area uh, all really good depth around there he said the Colts have first round grades uh, he says on 17 different prospects um, which is uh, when there are 31 picks in the first round uh, it, there's going to be a lot near the end of the first round 
that is uh, pick your po- pick your poison. I, I say, but pick your flavor is probably the better uh, the better expression. Um, I, I'd imagine there's going to be some names that that get called at the end of this first round that have not been on a lot of first round mock drafts because people are going to be taking guys with second round grades up there. People that. Uh, not everybody loves, but different teams are going to like some guys. And maybe we even see some people trade into the end of the first round. Hey, the Colts are at 35. They don't have to trade too high up to get into the end of the first round if they want to do it. They'd have to give up something, obviously, to get there from the second round into the first. And I'm not saying that's the most likely scenario by any stretch. But if there's somebody that's dropping for them or for someone else that they really like, that they have one of those first round grades on, um, we, we could see some action near the, uh, near the end of the first round. If you like a guy, go get him. You know, we've talked about that from four to three or whatever, but if from 35 to 28, which would cost you, I don't know, I've got my trusty, you know, trade uh, value board out, but give up a third round pick. I don't know, a third and a five. I don't know. What about but three it, fifth round picks? There you go. Give all three of those <laughs> fifth round picks. Move up. He loves them picks, and I just, you know, <laughs> and I understand that, but I would really rather get a guy I really, really believe in, like you say, moving a, a few picks into the, first round again, although then you're getting into first round contracts and it gets a little bit more dicey. I'd rather have a guy at the top of round two than at the bottom of round one. Well, you can get to keep him for five years maybe if you take him in the first round. Yeah, how'd that work out for the New York Giants and Daniel Jones? I don't know. I was going to say how'd it work out for Lamar Jackson, but then yeah, all, really. all of a sudden it's gotten yeah. really messy. There's good, there's good or bad, but if you like a guy, go get him. And one follow-up, I asked Ballard about this, how many first round grades, and he said 17. And the obvious follow-up that I didn't ask was, well, how many of these quarterbacks you have with first-round grades of the five? Probably, you think maybe four? What would he say? Three? I don't know if he would tell you. Like, I really, like if, if he got a total moment of honesty. We, we, we always talk to Ballard <coughs> after the draft, which is an invaluable time, and we can't use it. No. Because it's all, it's off, all the off the record. But he, he told me he'll tell me how he had these quarterbacks ranked. I'm really curious – one thing that, that I, I – and we'll get into this with our predictions and all this. I'm convinced – I've said that if you like a guy, you go to three and you get him to ensure you get him. I've kind of come to the conclusion that they don't see that much difference in – I don't want to say one to four, but in two to four. And they're not willing to give up. What would it take, Joe, to move up from four to three – all a two and a three. A two. On I how many other people want number three? Yeah, it, it would cost at least your second round pick that you have there. And, at and more, I and think. more. Yeah, but I, just, I think, I think they're going to like who is there at four, and uh, I, I just don't think they want to give up that to get to get a guy that's a little bit better. So I think yeah. they stay put. And, and, and I felt that same way too. Like for just from listening to him talk both at the um at the combine and and last week. Mainly at the combine where like it, kind of the the prevailing notion as we've said if there's one guy you go get him. Go get him. Like if you have one guy you like you 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 trade and you move up to to one to get but, him. But if you do that you make yeah, you make a strong move to one. Right. And since they didn't do that and what Chris said at the at the combine was I don't think you have to move up. Like he, he was, he was really casting some some doubt on, on that on that line of thinking. That if there's a guy, you have to go get him. So it gives me the idea that he doesn't think there's just one guy, unless, yeah. I'll I'll just leave it at that. So. And, what, and why, what would change between now and tomorrow that he wakes up in the morning and says, "You know, I was wrong. We really need to get our 
ourselves positioned to get player X at three. Shoot. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, I would I would call it unlikely to move up right now uh, on that side. I'll, I'll never move, say and never. Ba- and move back. Yeah, I'll never say never, but I, I would find it very unlikely. Um, there, there are always rumors that pop up, uh, even a day or two before the draft. And one seems to have grown out of Reddit this week. A, uh, a random user, I just looked this up before the show, a user named Sale Agreeable 2834 posted that apparently Will Levis has been telling his friends and family he's going to get picked by the Carolina Panthers, number this one overall. This isn't like secondhand. Is this like third or fourth hand? Or this is, is probably completely false, Mike. This is what, <laughs> this is what Reddit is. But uh, apparently, because of this uh, post, uh, getting well over 1,000 upvotes, and probably more by now or by the time you all read this or listen to this podcast, Will Levis moved up from like plus 4,000 to be the first overall pick uh, odds all the way to like plus 450, which is an astronomical rise. Now, Bryce Young is still by far the, uh, the heavy favorite in, in the minus 1,000 range to be the first overall pick, Joe. But, but those, late, those late draft rumors uh, are, are ever intriguing. And uh, th- from this, this user, again, this, <coughs> excuse me, this article that I really brought up quickly said that apparently even this Reddit user was just created last week. So it's not like this person who's been on a chapter shaking his head because he doesn't even know what Reddit is. It, and it, it, I mean, it, it could even just be the, uh, the sports book trying to get some more money on Levis. So that, right? Because if the, everyone knows it's Bryce Young, no one's mm-hmm. going to make any bets against right. the first pick being Bryce Young. Right. So it, it's always interesting when you see the lines move in Vegas, or I guess not even Vegas anymore, but on the sports books. Because obviously they don't want to be wrong and lose money, but at the same time, if there's an overwhelming favorite, they want to get money on both sides or different areas as well so they could just maximize their profits there. So it's really interesting to see where that's coming from. Uh, I I would be shocked if Will Levis went to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I've heard more rumblings that Richardson goes number one. Mm-hmm. Which is Levis. Levis does seem like a Frank Reich guy, though. Carson Wentz 2.0's got a Bible verse on his bicep. Like that just that just seems like a Frank Reich guy. But I think at this point it's gonna be uh Bryce Young. I, I think it's a little more interesting that Levis's odds to go number two to Houston now. He's not, he's a favorite to go number two at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh Levis apparently was asked about this actually, because he's uh doing some NFL play play sixty or play football, and he just said, Don't believe everything you read. Uh, so that was, he said uh, while wearing a Colts jersey, <laughs> right? No, it was an NFL play 60 uh, right. shirt chap. Okay. okay. So yes, but, uh, but Col- yes. it was a Colts baseball. Might, might've been a Colts, Colts baseball hat. It was backwards blue hat. So, so who knows? It could have been, you never know. Um, the Texans latest rumors could pass on a quarterback at number two. I think we touched on this last week, but some believe Houston could instead select edge rusher Tyree Wilson out of Texas tech or Will Anderson out of Alabama. Uh, and that's uh, just based on the, the thought that the Texans like Bryce Young and none of the other quarterbacks all that much. And so D'Amico Ryans, their new head coach, could just stick with a uh, defensive player there, chap. And he has he has more leeway than anybody at the top of the draft because he's he's a first year head coach. He's coming in as a defensive minded head coach. So I think if there's any team that could that needs a quarterback that would say, yeah, we'll, we'll punt this for next next year. They would be the ones to do it. And look who they won with in Frisco. 
Right. N- not exactly one of those. Mr. Top- Irrelevant. Right. <laughs> right. So now I still believe Houston needs to take a quarterback at two. But what if they take that, the edge rusher, and then they take a quarterback at 12? Mm-hmm. Which is fi- sound reasoning if you're willing to not have that quarterback be there at 12. Right. That's the problem you run into when your fallback is you've got to hope the guy's there or you move up from 12 because there are teams that need quarterbacks before you get to 12. You know, A bunch of them. But D- Detroit, you can argue, and mm-hmm. Atlanta and, and Seattle. And Seattle and Vegas. And, Tennessee. And Tennessee. So uh, I could see that being their plan. But if you're sitting there and that's your plan and then when it gets to 12, the QBs are gone, then you've got Davis Mills and Case Keenum. Yep. That's got to rouse your fan base. Woohoo. Yeah. So it's, but, but that, that's the one. The, no, the, the second pick is intriguing. And so was three. Yep. I, I think after number one, because I don't buy the Will Levis news no. for, for a minute, uh, I think Bryce Young is going number one. Like two, three, and four are, are incredibly intriguing. This year, maybe more so than years past. I don't. I don't want to say that's definitely for sure. It's. It's certainly part because, because we're part of it now as just media and that covers quarter, the and team. quarterbacks. Exactly, and it's all about quarterbacks. It's it, and they're quarterbacks that that are not perfect quarterbacks. They're they're. It's not the Peyton Manning. Uh, it's not the uh, Trevor Lawrence. It's not those guys. Um, it's the guy that's like a Patrick Mahomes that. It was picked 10th overall, I Josh believe, Allen? his year. Josh Allen, who was picked 8th overall, I believe, his year. Guys that are coming out with real questions as to whether they can contribute and be stars in the NFL. Some of them work. Some of them turn into Josh Rosen, the other Josh, you know? So it's it, there's there's so much on the line for, for these GMs and head coaches, uh, for these quarterbacks themselves, um, and... <clears throat> And we'll we'll find out sooner rather than later what's going to happen. Finally, uh, Joe Joe will not be able to sleep tonight. I think Houston's really going to be that domino that that mm-hmm. uh, controls everything else that happens in the draft. Do they take that defensive player, and all of a sudden there's three quarterbacks um, still available after Houston picks? Do they take Will Levis, the you know sportsbook favorite, to go number two right now, and then teams who? Previously thought Stroud wasn't going to be available. Now he suddenly is, and in, in that number three pick with uh, Arizona heats up and gets a lot more uh, pricey. Um, what Houston does in this draft is going to make all the difference to everything else that happens. I think comparing it to that 2018 draft with Josh Allen, I saw that was the first time in NFL history, I believe, that four quarterbacks went in the first ten picks. And only one of them panned out, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. Uh, I think you can probably call them all busts at this point. Uh, maybe Mayfield has the biggest opportunity to resurrect his career. With his fourth team? His, yeah, with I his fourth so, yes. team. Um, but he's still not – like I, I would still call him a bust right now because he was the number one overall pick. You don't expect him to go to four Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I expect this to be similar. I think four quarterbacks are going to go in the first 10 picks. I think two or three of them are probably going to be busts. If, if Houston takes a quarterback at two, the first four picks will be quarterbacks. You think so? Someone's going to trade up for three? Well, ma- no, because then if the, – yeah, somebody trades up to three. Because, again, it, like you said, if, if Houston takes a defensive end – 
then all of a sudden maybe the Colts are enticed to move to three because all of a sudden a guy that they didn't think would be there mm-hmm. might be there, and, and he is a cut above mm-hmm. the other one. So it's intriguing. I, again, I just w- with the desperation and the urgency of the position, yeah, it seems you take a quarterback, mm-hmm. but you know I, I, I'm I'm more convinced than anything that the Cardinals don't pick at three. Somebody's going to jump the Colts that wants a quarterback. But uh, I just think it's fascinating. It's just fascinating this year. And I, I'm going to I'm going to say one time before we get into our predictions that just because the Colts pick fourth does not mean they're going to get the fourth best quarterback. Correct. I'm going to look back even further a little bit than you guys because this is this was kind of in in the growth of my sports fandom back when uh, it was I don't know exactly what year the draft was. It was '96 or '97, I believe. It was the Tim Couch, Achilles Smith, Donovan McNabb draft. One, two, three. 99. So the there year, you go. The year after Peyton. It was right after Peyton Manning. I mean, Tim Couch goes number one, the Kentucky quarterback to uh, to the Browns. Then the Bengals take Akili Smith out of Oregon. After that, Don McNabb goes to the Eagles, leads them to four straight NFC championships in the early 2000s. Those other two guys do absolutely nothing in the league. There's been a long growth of quarterback evaluations and expectations since then. but I, I and, and these guys fail after all these teams do all the work. They yep. have all the information. They're sold on these guys, and a lot of times they're still wrong. Yep. So if the teams are wrong, that means we can be wrong, and nobody will be the I'll wiser. I'll deny it. Exactly. I don't, we'll just erase this podcast from, uh, from, the, from the archives, and it'll be like it's never happened. So how will the first four picks fall? We've got Mike Chappell. At M Chapel fifty one, I wrote mine down. Covering the Colts for forty years now, forty seasons, Mike Chapel. Woo! I feel all of them. There you go. We've got Joe Hopkins. We've got me at Dave G underscore Sports, uh, and we're going to get into what we think is going to happen. Uh, Chap, you being the uh, being the Ballyhooed senior member of of our organization, you get the honor of going first, and uh, and then I'll go after that. And uh, Joe, who loves the NFL draft. Uh, Almost as much as his wife and dog uh, will we'll go third. I, again, I'm driven by this is a quarterback league, and I've got quarter. I, I get history being made with quarterbacks being taken with the first four picks. Let's go, uh, Bryce Young to, to Carolina, Stroud to Houston, and then I've got somebody trading Arizona to three. I don't know. Vegas, Atlanta, somebody, and taking Richardson. I think they move up to for Richardson, and that leaves the Colts with with Will Levis. And because I again, now if Stroud's there, still on the board, then I think the Colts have. I, I take Stroud. My preference is Stroud because I, I prefer. The older you get, you kind of lose some of the risk in life. Mm-hmm. You just do. You like sort of. I, I hate to say Stroud's a safe bet, but I think he he's a safer bet. But knowing the way teams are driven by by urgency, I see four quarterbacks taking off the first four picks and the Colts ending up with Will Levis and his mayonnaise in his coffee. All right. Well, he can keep the mayonnaise. I'll take hey, the coffee if, he, if, if he wins, he can put peanut butter in his coffee. I don't Who care. Who cares? That's care. way less weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's way less strange than mayonnaise. Probably so. All right. My turn. Here we go. Uh, at number one, the Carolina Panthers uh, will take Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. 
So that brings us to number two and what you really believe about Houston and, uh, and what they like or what they don't like. Like, like I said earlier, if there is any team to not take a quarterback, I think it's them just because of the situation they're in, the head coach they have. Um, their fan base is already apathetic. Uh, so, like, it, That's dangerous. It, exactly. It really is. And, and the Colts are dangerously close to being that. Um, and you, you want to you rip them back from the brink. Uh, and that's why I don't think the Colts can pass up a quarterback. Um, but, but anyway, I, like I said, I think since the Houston fan base is already apathetic, you can get away with not taking a quarterback there, too. So I, I think I'm buying the smoke here with them not taking a quarterback at number two overall. And I think they take, um, I think they take Will Anderson at number two. Um, it's between him and Wilson. A lot of people are, are, like, are saying Wilson just because of his, uh, of his specific pass rushing traits. Uh, but uh, I think D'Amico Ryans will, will take the guy who's a little bit more of a well-rounded defensive end um, and, and is still a, a heck of a pass rusher himself in Will Anderson there at number two. That brings us to number three in Arizona. <clears throat> Someone's going to trade up. And whether that's the Colts or someone else, I'm going to lean towards someone else right now, kind of because of what we said earlier, that I don't, I don't buy that Chris Ballard feels like he needs to move up right now. Um, so, so I think another team will trade up to, to number three overall. And I think, I think that team is going, to be, is going to be the Raiders. I think the Raiders package something to move up to third overall, and I think they take C.J. Stroud right there at number three. So Stroud goes to Vegas, and that brings us to the Colts at number four, who have the choice between Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. That's tough. It is. Like that, that, and and what, what I'm trying to read into what Chris Ballard said on Friday, which is a dangerous, dangerous prospect, um, because I, I think that you can certainly do that too much, and maybe it's, it's a, a fool's errand to try to do so. But one thing that, that just stuck out to me from what he said on Friday was something that was kind of unprovoked. And, and those are the things that, that to me, like, just, just catch my attention. He, he spoke for, like, he gave a couple sentences unprovoked about Jim Bob Cooter and what he, he really liked talking to Jim Bob Cooter and about what he likes on offense and like how creative he is on offense. And, uh, and he, was, he was really impressed uh, by some of his discussions that he has had with Jim Bob Cooter about what he wants to do on the offensive side of the ball. So me reading into that is Chris Ballard is really impressed with some unique ideas that they want to do on offense. And so that makes me think they have some real, a really unique quarterback that they want to bring in and lead that offense. If, if it wasn't that impressive, they would go with more of the vanilla, which is Stroud, like you were saying earlier, Chap, um, if he would fall to them. But I, I even think that if Stroud falls to them, they might be leaning toward Anthony Richardson out of Florida right now. So I, I think that they like Minshew. They feel comfortable with Minshew. He's your QB in 2023. Yes, exactly. And you have Anthony Richardson there to learn for a while and maybe even go with that Don McNabb theory from years ago when Doug Peterson himself was the starting quarterback week one for Philadelphia, and he started for five to ten games, and then McNabb came in. And what the Bills did with uh, Josh Allen, it was uh, somebody else there 
We even talked about this a couple weeks ago. I've already forgotten uh, who, who the Bills had starting week one there. Uh, uh, whether it was Ryan Fitzpatrick or a slew of other players who came through Buffalo for a while to, to start a quarterback um, and to, to, before uh, Josh Allen was ready to take over. Uh, but but that's, that's what I'm leading toward right now. That, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's Levis uh, if, they, if they want to go that route. But, but like I said, just what, what Chris Ballard said about Jim Bob Cooter just perked, perked my ears up and, uh, because his ears have been perked up about uh, what he thinks this offense can do and be creative. And there, there's no more um, intriguing quarterback in this class, certainly, than Anthony Richardson. So I've got him going to the Colts at number four overall right now. It, it completely matches what Chris Ballard has done in so many other positions is take the guy who is the, uh, the freak athlete and then uh, get guys who uh, are football lifers, quote-unquote, and then get them here and, uh, and, and put them into the system and see what they can do. I realize quarterback is a different beast than getting Shaquille Leonard here and just throwing him into the defense and causing him to be, to tell him to be the maniac and make plays. But, uh, but that's, that, that's kind of my thoughts on how it's going to go down, which means it, it will be absolutely nothing like that. Uh, but that's, uh, that's my one through four. I've got Bryce Young to the Panthers. I've got Will Anderson to the Texans. I've got the Raiders trading up to take C.J. Stroud. I've got the Colts taking Anthony Richardson at number four. Joe, what you got? I like it. The Colts uh, came away with I knew you'd like it, yes. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'll, obviously Bryce Young, number one. He's the only quarterback in this class I would take above Richardson. Number two, I am buying the Houston Texans will love a smoke. I think the Texans... I mean, this is year one for D'Amico Ryans. This is year, like, three for general manager Nick Casario. Like, he has to find his quarterback. Um, I think he's feeling kind of the similar pressure as Chris Ballard is in. Like, you you need to find that guy. You've been here several years. It's time to find that guy. Um, and I think they go with Will Levis. I'm not sure how much of a factor C.J. Stroud having the same agent as Deshaun Watson really is or if that's a factor at all. But uh, I, I, I think some of the smoke around – Stroud kind of starting to fall in this draft is real, and maybe teams aren't as high as him being someone who can carry you um, as some of the other guys. So I think they take Levis because of, his, because of his tremendous traits and because of the way he had to kind of carry that Kentucky team. You look at this Houston team, he's going to have to do the same thing here because they don't have a lot around him. Much better offensive line, probably solid line in Houston, but um, uh, um, I think they go with Levis based on his traits and his ability to make something when there's not a lot there. Number three, I would love for the Cardinals to just stick and pick. I want it to happen so much. I would love to believe the recent smoke around the report that Kyler Murray is begging the Cardinals to take Paris Johnson from Ohio State and get him another tackle. And the new regime in Arizona says, you know what? Let's protect our franchise quarterback because he just tore his ACL. We have so much money invested in him. Let's get him that tackle. Uh, but I just think it makes too much sense for the Cardinals to trade down because they have a lot of holes on that roster, and they could probably still get a good tackle later in this draft. They might be able to get Paris Johnson Jr. when they trade down. Depends it, on who they trade exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah. I do think he'll probably be a top 10 pick, but probably not a top five pick. So they might be able to maneuver and go back up and get him, or maybe they like one of the other tackles. I think, uh, and as much as I hate to say this, Tennessee is a prime team to trade right above the Colts there. New regime in Tennessee as well. 
Tannehill's on the final year of his contract. Uh, they haven't cut him because it's costing them a lot of money, but I've seen the reports that they've already basically given up on Malik Willis, who looked terrible in his limited time he, he last year. He looked really bad. It was not good. Um, uh, so I think they trade up and they go get Stroud, and the, the, the new GM's got his new quarterback, doesn't have to start right away. Um, but he, he can, you know, ride into the future knowing that he's already got his quarterback and then just fill in holes from there, which leaves the Colts with who Your I, guy. my guy, who I wanted them to take da, the da, entire da. time. You talked yourself into it. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was always going to be Richardson, Mike. It was always going to be Anthony Richardson. I just love this guy. I would take him over Stroud if I had the choice. I think he has the ability to carry a football team. He's only 20 years old. He's probably the most physically gifted football player, not just quarterback, but football player in this draft. And all the reports, every time I've seen him speak, um, his letter that he wrote through the NFLPA, everything I've seen out of him kind of reminds me of that Jalen Hurts mentality that I will not be outworked. I will do everything in my, that I can control. I will do everything 110% to make sure that I am not a failure. And I think the Colts are going to love that. I think Steichen's going to go get his Jalen Hurts 2.0, a guy who coming into the league had some developing to do but had the work ethic and the mentality to put in the work to do that developing and to make those strides. And I, I think with creative offensive coaches, Richardson will probably be starting halfway through the year, maybe the, the last quarter of the season, and they can run a lot of RPOs with him. I mean, you're a defensive end trying to decide, do you go try and tackle Richardson or Jonathan Taylor on this you know, option play here? Good luck with that. So that's how I think the first four picks go down. First time in history, quarterbacks go one, two, three, four. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. I'm, I hope some other – defensive players or the Cardinals do pick an offensive lineman or something like that. So the Colts have more of a choice at quarterback and don't just get the leftovers. Um, but that, that if I had to just walk, walk through logically putting my team and myself in each team's shoes, I think that's probably what's going to happen. All right. There we go. Now, you know, and knowing is half the battle. Really all of us think quarterback. None of us think that the Colts would pass on quarterback um, which is not a surprise. You know, one thing we, one guy we haven't mentioned is Hendon Hooker. Right. D does somebody trade back to get him? I could see if the Texans like Hooker passing on a quarterback at two, and if you pass, if you pass, if Houston passes on a quarterback at two, I've seen a lot of mocks that Will Levis will be there at twelve. I don't tend to believe that. Mm. Hendon Hooker will be. Mm -hmm. Most likely, yeah. Yep. And, and one thing on the Colts and their quarterbacks, you know, we've we've I've heard the talk. Well, which one is most NFL ready to start? I don't care. If they were relevant, yeah, I, I care who's going to be the best in two years. And, and if if Richardson's ready to take some snaps at week nine or ten, fine. They're this team. They 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 won't say it. They I don't know how they can say it to appease the fan base, but. They're pointing towards 2024, 2025. They just are. And when, you, when you're reloading a quarter, rebooting a quarterback, that's what you're doing. You're not, you know, what they, they were 11-5 and five with Andrew Luck because he was special. And he won them a bunch of games. Five or six games. Yeah. I still remember the game in Detroit when he hit Donnie Avery with a, a game-winning touchdown and on and on. 
these guys, that's not who this is. These guys, whoever they get, it's pointing towards two, three years down the road. And you hope next year, this year, 2023, you're just competitive and you're showing signs of getting better. So, right, right, go ahead, Joe. I think a dark horse at quarterback, and I, I wanted to put them trading up instead of the Texans or the Titans, but I just couldn't because they're so far back. Yeah. I've seen a lot of reports and smoke that Minnesota really wants to go get their next quarterback. They, they probably think they've hit their ceiling with Kirk Cousins. He takes so much of the salary cap, and you've seen them kind of have to shed players this offseason um, that they probably would like to keep because of that. So they pick at like 22 or 23. Boy, that's a long way to go. That's up. a it long is. way to go yeah. all the way up to three. Maybe they find a way to get into the top 10 if a player starts to sink, or maybe yeah. they trade up to the teens for hooker mm-hmm. or something of that nature. But I, I think Minnesota that makes is kind sense. of a dark horse there uh, in the quarterback market. Well, well, if we get into day two, and then the Colts will be on the clock pretty quickly there, fourth pick in the second round. Um, there are positions like there are going to be cornerbacks there available because there's a lot of cornerbacks that people really like. Corner, I've seen backs. five or six. Yeah, in the first round, round perhaps. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if any of them slip into the second round, you're going to have your option there. Looks like there's some wide receivers there. If you want to add some uh, some uh, depth to that area, we we've like right now they're they're tight ends. You got Mo Alleycox, who is is a fine blocker and uh, doesn't do much in the passing game. Doesn't got, do enough consistently in the passing game. Yes. You've got Jelani Woods, who's going into his second year, who's still intriguing. You've got Alec Ogletree coming off his uh, ACL injury last year, who was having a tremendous camp, and I was really looking forward to seeing what he could do, unfortunately, with that knee injury. Then you sign Farrell Brown, who's more of a blocker anyway. He's not much of a pass catcher, but... Those are four guys, like four NFL-caliber guys. Kylan Granson. And Kylan Granson, who I forgot already. Look at that. And then you have a bunch of tight ends yeah. who, are, who are really good in this And a bunch draft. of them young. Yeah. So that, that just kind of conflicts. I know the Colts love tight ends, um, and, but it's just not one of your needs right now. And you have young guys who you think that can That would be develop. a luxury pick. Or, and the problem you're going to run into is when you pick at 35 – I bet you have a tight end ranked higher on your board than another position, perhaps. I would not I mean, be maybe, not, maybe not corner. But I would kind of be surprised if the Colts pick at 35. I they think, might trade down. I think, unless one of those 17 first rounders you know, is yeah. still there, yeah. I think they probably trade down, try and get an extra pick, and, and do some wheeling and dealing because if they're all similarly ranked or they go, we just can't get ourselves to take a tight end. Like, let's just trade down a little bit and get one of the other guys. Somebody wants to come up and get a tight end. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe they just – it's a scenario like the Leonard Braden Smith scenario where they're like, well, you know, we have this guy's mid-second-round pick, so we could trade down, but we don't like anyone after him, so let's just yep. take him here. I think Julius Brintz, a cornerback out of Kansas State. And Warren Central, Dub C, let's go. Just fits – Gus Bradley's defense so well. Big corner, 6'3", tested tremendously for a cornerback of his size. Is 35 too soon for him? So maybe trading back would... I think I, I don't think it's too soon okay. for him, especially how he fits your scheme. Cornerback's definitely one of those positions where it's so team-dependent because teams ask their cornerbacks to do different things, but he would just really fit that mold of that bump-and-run press. He'd be you know in the same mold as that uh, Richard Sherman but maybe more athletic. Um, so I, I think he would make a lot of sense and fill the biggest hole, but he doesn't help your quarterback is mm-hmm. the only thing. So um, it, 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 it's corner, 
receiver and then offensive line because you still need line. Yeah, if you're going with corner, I, I like Brents a lot too. Obviously, as you, as you hear, I like I, I like uh, the guy out of Ole Miss, Jonathan Mingo, the um, receiver. Receiver there. Uh, I you look at what Ole Miss has produced. I mean, they they have DK Metcalf, they have AJ Brown. And he he kind of looks similar. He's not he's not the tallest guy to to AJ Brown, but he's big. Like he's got some size to him, and he's a really really athletic guy. So I wouldn't be surprised if if he's a, a pick, or if you have one starting guard there, because um, you you you're probably still looking for a starter at, at right I would, guard. I right would now. hate to take a guard at thirty five. I know, Jeff, but, but but Ballard would not. That's the thing. You would hate it. <laughs> he would not. So that's why I say that's very much There's a possibility. There's one draft there. where he took a guard at six and another exactly. guard at, what, 36? Exactly. <laughs> so I would not be surprised. Exactly. Uh, the, 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 what's, I, I value getting a receiver before a corner because I want to help the quarterback. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I have to – I'm just guessing that there will be a better value at corner at 35 than there is at receiver. Possible, yeah. yes. Uh, I think a lot of the receivers from, you know, outside of the, like, top – four-ish are guys who, you know, you put there's, in a hat. yeah, the difference between five and 15 is, is not that big. So right. maybe at second round, they feel comfortable passing a receiver and mm-hmm. going and getting the receiver in the third round or getting back up into the second round mm-hmm. to get a, another receiver. Cause they do have three fifth round picks. Mm-hmm. I they just do. see that as Chris Ballard's going to trade some of those fifth round picks up. Up, yeah. He's, don't, he, don't be trained back to get two more six. Or, oh, God. Got no, you know, they got no six. <laughs> Just like, God, please, no. Stop it. <laughs> he loves doing that. He's like, you know what? Let me keep trading so I get three seventh-round picks, half of which won't make the roster. I just don't want to see them wait until the seventh round to to grab some, like, swing offensive tackle. Like, if you do they that, that's that okay. But, yeah, they like fought. I said, like they drafted Javon Patterson and Jackson Barton in the seventh round when you knew they needed offensive line help. And Chris comes out, and he's got a big smile on his face. He's like, I, I, I knew I was going to draft offensive line. You, you, guys, guys, you guys happy now? Well, 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 no. No, I would like you. No. So Because, again, I, I think there's there, – we said this last week. There has to be three offensive linemen not here yet. They're going to factor in. A couple of draft, draft picks. I kind of think they've got two or three free agents – in mind, the, in mind, and, and they've told the agent, "Hey, let's see how the draft goes out." Couple a lineman, a corner. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I agree. I, I really believe that. So, uh, but, but I think that that third day, couple of linemen early, mm-hmm. like you said, not round seven. Give them a chance, right? You know, Bernard Ryan was a three, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. So give them a chance uh, to to where they're ready ready to play at some level mm-hmm. as a rookie. Yeah, I, I've said already. I think that they go linebacker somewhere here. They I, always go linebacker. Exactly, they're going to get they're a good linebacker. At it. Yeah, they've got some really good guys. We talked really day three now. Yes, uh, on to day three. I think maybe day three is the time where you go out and take a shot at uh, your Naheem Hines guy. He was a fourth round pick. Yeah, I think running day. back. They're going to draft yeah. a running back somewhere. What they, was Jordan Wilkins a five? I think he was a five. Yeah, he was a five. and he stuck there for Mack four solid years. Marlon Mack was a four. Yeah, exactly. Ballard. So Vic Ballard. Uh, Vic Ballard was was he a four? Was he a Grigson pick? Uh, he was a Grigson mm-hmm. pick for sure. Yeah, I can't remember. He was when, in the luck. He was. he was in the luck draft. Yes, yeah. he was. So was. I, I think they kind of want their pass catching back because we saw times mm-hmm. last year where JT kind of struggled in that pass blocking role. Yeah, um, big time. So th- I think they kind of want a third down back, both to spell JT, mm-hmm. um, but then also just to give their offense uh, another wrinkle. Yep. Um, and to not get your quarterback hurt. 
Yeah. That that too. That'd, that'd be ideal. That'd be good. That'd be more ideal um, than the alternative. I think they could still go defensive end. I mean, uh, I think Quiddy pays good when he's healthy, and hopefully he'll be able to stay healthy this year. Mm-hmm. Um, jury's still out on Dio. He kind of picked it up yep. at the end of last year, but he could just be another Taekwon Lewis who's just very solid. Which mm-hmm. is not a knock, but it's you need not more. A, you need more. Right. Um, and they sign a... a, a help Samson. me on that. Ibukam. Ibukam, Ibukam. I think he's going to be a nice pass rushing threat, but I don't think he's ever going to be an elite guy. He's less than 250 pounds. I mean, is that a guy that he's you really want to stay, keep out there? Yeah, setting your edge. And, and yeah, I know that the unique Ngakwe was similar. He was a smaller defensive end, too. So, yeah, he's kind of the Leo position out there. Um, so he's a it's a unique. Yeah, I think they could still use a defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a third D tackle later. Maybe that's one of the fifth-round picks or Mm -hmm. seventh-round picks, something like that. Of course, at some point in the draft, Ballard, you know, I I run the live blog, and I I like to get the images of the player. At some point in the draft, Ballard's going to pick a guy who there is no Getty or AP image of. It's going to be from no one's ever heard of its state. Yes. And and it's going to be usually a big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so that that's going to be a pick at some point. Like Mike Strawn out of College of Charleston. You know, you're trying yeah. to find a Getty image of him. It's like, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's when you just put a Colts helmet exactly. on the page. <laughs> if I have to. Um, so, so we'll see uh, at some point. But I think those are the positions. I'd be kind of surprised if they picked a safety. They have a lot of youth at safety they already. Do. Blackman, Thomas, and then Nick Cross, who mm-hmm. we're still hoping can – uh, show you a little bit more. Um, I mean, we basically named all the positions. Fullback? You we guys have. think they draft a fullback no. this year? Probably not. No. No. Eagles didn't have a fullback last year, so I don't think Steichen has any real interest in it. So, no. Especially if you have Anthony Richardson. He's your fullback, right? Yeah. You, you pl- plop him behind the line on third and one, push him forward, and four Give yards. in the job. Have him play. There you go. Perfect. I mean, he's basically fullback-sized anyway. Yeah. Make him your H-back, for real. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we basically listed just about all Every the position positions. on the team. Yes, exactly. They could use this. They could use this. four games They could use this. Exactly. You They're got bad. a kicker and you got a punter. And that's that's more that's more reason to me just not to trade up, to, to stay, to not trade up to three, because you have too many other holes that you're trying to fill right now. And Unless you, have, you hate... <clears throat> Levis and Love Stroud right. or yes. what, I, whatever yes. one might be. Yeah, yes. that, that's, I'm, I'm that's priority yeah, I one. think that that comes into account maybe if Houston doesn't take a quarterback. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it adds somebody to your li- to your list. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but well, we really don't know. We do not, and we will find out uh, beginning Thursday, shortly after eight o'clock. Once again, if you are here in Central Indiana, we encourage you to tune into Fox Fifty Nine at seven thirty p.m. for our Blue Zone Draft Preview Show. We'll be live in Kansas City for the event, um, hopefully talking to whoever the Colts take, uh, assuming he's there, which the quarterbacks are all supposed to be there. So knock on wood, it's not going to be like when they took Quentin Nelson five, six years ago, and Quentin was uh, not there at the draft at six overall. So we, we, go, we go down to Dallas, and we're trying to interview whoever the Colts take there high in the draft, and, well, he decided not to show up and uh, decided to party with family instead, which is fine. Like, I'm not I'm – not, blasting that at all i'm just saying big trip uh out there and then we don't even get to talk to whoever the colts take i do not think it's going to happen this how, year how many guys are in the green room have you seen the list there's about 20 
right around there. The I think. The green room looks really cool in yeah. Kansas City. This is old train station. Nice. See, I want to see the list, and then I want to see the prop bets on who's still sitting there. Right, the last one. There's all four quarterbacks. I think are there. Like all the big four. So what about hookers. Is okay. he I don't think there? he's there. No, I don't think hookers going. I, but I, I could. I could be wrong There's about that. There's always somebody there sitting is. there by his lonesome with his girlfriend, and, and, and then, she's saying like, "What the heck? You right? told me I dressed mm-hmm. up, and this year mm-hmm. I am." Well, well, then that girlfriend's getting a lot of TV time, probably, That's because true. you keep panning to him, uh, panning to her in the uh, in the room. So, and then hopefully you turn into Aaron Rodgers and you have a twenty year career in the NFL, and teams are still trading for you at thirty nine years old. Who was the one that looked the worst? Was it Brady Quinn? He was sitting there for. And he looked like he was south. He was having like a a shot every time his name wasn't called. Yeah, maybe I can't remember, but yeah. Uh, in, the, the, the the draft is a great time. It is. And one thing that the league found out, you know, they've always had this thing about wanting to move the combine from city to city. They struck gold by moving the draft from city to city. They, they really did. did. Yep. And I know the Colts have a serious interest in bringing it here. Maybe in the next four or five years it will be. But uh, it's, it's, if they could turn this into five days, they would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because people cannot get enough. And they're they're gonna turn it into three months. You're gonna have one draft pick a day from the uh, from the Super Bowl Monday all the way till here in late May. So so no. there you go. That's what I'm it's ready be. tomorrow. Ratings you know, will be I'll, off the charts. I'll have my uh, wings ordered. Uh-huh. I'll have the live blog laptop on Seriously. my lap. A couple cold beverages. Uh, yes. Maybe not crack until after af- after the first round's over. Yeah. Maybe after the Colts. We'll, pick. we'll see that on we'll day see. two, Joe's. <laughs> Post will be the a little bit squirrely because, yeah, uh, you know, the adult errors. beverages take over. Right, you can find that on Fox59.com, CBS4Indy.com. Get on there now. Read all of Mike's work that he's put together over the past couple weeks and months uh, leading up to the draft with uh, with uh, so much more in-depth stuff from everything we've talked about today, stuff we've talked about on the podcast before. Subscribe to us. Get us delivered to your podcast listening device as soon as we drop. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone as well. And the next time we talk to you, the Colts will uh, probably have a new starting quarterback or at least a new uh, rookie quarterback, even if he's not going to be starting uh, game one. So, And then we rally around that guy. Exactly. It doesn't matter if, who, it who it is. Put, or put him up on Lucas Oil like. right So you'll rally around somebody not named Anthony Richardson? I'll rally. Yeah, whoever. Even if it's Will Levis. Like, there's things to like about Levis. If mm-hmm. it's Hinden Hooker. A rally around Hinden Hooker. Like, there's no point. It's like when a president gets drafted. Mm-hmm. If you didn't like him, you got to hope he does well. Right. You're still in the country. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're not going anywhere. You exactly. know, Let, let's hope that we, we hit a home run here when, when you're not expecting to. So, uh, so yeah, um, looking forward to this, this week, this draft, and uh, so much content to come. Also, we have a, a Blue Zone draft after the draft special if you're in central Indiana, Fox 59 on Sunday at 11 p.m. as well. So uh, add that one to your list of uh, must-see TV, too. So for Mike Chappell, Joe Hopkins, I'm Dave Griffiths. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. An intriguing week it will be on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.